This episode is brought to you by Jay-Z and his legendary quote, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. Welcome to the Stefan Dyer Podcast, my people. Hello, my people. Welcome to episode two. My guest today is Buanca, athlete, realtor, entrepreneur, and growth coach. My growth coach from Continual Growth a company that helps you achieve happiness through growth. In simple terms, you have bi-weekly meetings and they help you develop positive habits so that you can reach your goals. It's not a coincidence that the last two years where I've been coached by Buanca have been the most productive years of my entire life. His story is brilliant and fascinating. I mean, he really turned it around and we really got vulnerable. There were tears Mostly for my son Liam in the back, but hey, this just goes to show that this is good television recorded live through the wire, as my friend Kanye would say. Quick favor, if you like the podcast episodes, let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Stefan Dyer and at Buanca. Also, if you want, leave us a review so that I know what you like or what you don't like and we can continue to make the Stefan Dyer podcast even better. All right, my people, let's get it popping. Please help me welcome the main man. Buonka! Welcome, welcome to the Stefan Dyer Podcast. I got Buonka, athlete, growth coach, friend, realtor, unbreakable, unmistakable, highly capable, the main man. How are you, brother? Okay, okay. I love the intro, man. <laughs> I'm doing incredible. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's good to be on the other side of the table, and uh, I know we're going to be laughing today. Oh, yes, man. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. I was thinking about, about you today as I was in the bathroom with a box of cleaning. No, <laughs> no, I was thinking about you because it is fitting that you are the second ever guest on the Stefan Dyer podcast because you are my growth coach. Continual growth, hashtag continual growth, hashtag growth challenge, hashtag sexy guys, hashtag everything. <laughs> and I was just checking the email before we started this, and you have been my growth coach for almost two years. Okay. Consistency. Consistency, Consistency over everything. Over everything. January 8th was our first growth coach session. And for those of you who are listening and, and asking what does that mean, you know like a life coach? Or like a relationships coach, but this is all of it. Uh, if I have problems with my wife, I call Wonka. <laughs> no, no, no. Wonka is my growth coach. So basically, basically, he helps me achieve my goals. He keeps me accountable. He makes sure that I'm consistent. If I don't do anything, he's on my case. And probably top two or three people in my life in the last two years because He's been directly responsible for helping me do the big things that I've accomplished over the last two to three years, which is essentially the best years of my life. And I really admire you. And I also admire the fact that you have your own growth coach. So you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. Shout out to Stir, the Sturminator. Hey. The Sturific. Sturubix. The masturbator. Stir runner. <laughs> he's, got, he's got all the nicknames. But so, uh, no, no, I appreciate uh, everything that you said about the, the growth coaching and how you've grown. It's been incredible to see you grow. In height. Uh, <laughs> 
but at the end of the day it's like you're the one who does who does all the work right i mean someone tells you what to do but at the end of the day you go out there you do it you make it happen so um you gotta you gotta give yourself a pat on the back too i know i know i was thank you i appreciate it i was seeing the the pdf that you sent me after a first session and you were giving me my daily routine schedule and it was wake up at 5.45 and that was hard for me, but I finally achieved it. Mm-hmm. I was already doing it because I read the, the Miracle Morning and then drink water, journal, meditate, go to the gym with my wife, shower, and I was done done everything by 8 a.m. And to me, this was like a huge win. But I remember when I first called you because I saw an Instagram story and you were doing the 444. The four-hour morning. The four-hour morning, which is getting up at 444. And Blanca was basically meditating, journaling, going to the gym, getting a PhD, <laughs> everything before 9 a.m. This guy was insane. So in, in my growth journey, as, as I've spoken in the past, I all the, all the high achievers, they got mentors. And I was like, who here in my immediate circle of friends is someone that I'd look up to for sure and can challenge me? And I was like, this is Blanca. So I called you and I'm like, hey, I want you to be my mentor. And then you sold me Grant Cardone (laughs) style in about five seconds. I was already your growth coaching client. What What was your growth journey like and where did it start? Because I've heard from the crew, Z, Stir, Carlito, and and Paul P, that you you weren't getting up at four or five a.m. No, 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 <laughs> no way, no, no way, no how. Um, I mean, my life, I've gone through like so many different phases in my life. Um, but I feel like it's it's a, a lot of growth has happened. Um, but no, I used to be the guy who was getting up at at noon, at two a.m. I was getting up this. I would not get up unless I had to get up. There needed to be a reason. I needed to go to work. I needed to go meet somebody. I needed to have a... I didn't even have phone calls back then. I just needed to do something. That's the only reason why I would why I would want to get up. I remember the guys told the story about you that... Or you told the story that if you were late to catch the bus, you would not run towards the bus stop. You would just like slowly cruise down no, 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 the street. No, 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 Listen, listen, listen. Okay, remember you said athlete in the beginning. So I use that to my advantage, okay? Run. So, and I see, yeah, when I see that bus, I'll run. When I was younger, I remember in high school, I would chase the bus all the time. And I had like, uh, I could cut it off, right? So it would, it would go past my place. I would tell my little sister to look out the window because she was in like public school still so she didn't have to go till later and i'll be like i'll be like julie look out the window let me know when the bus is coming (laughs) and if she says the bus came i'll grab my bag and i'll start running and hopefully it has to sit at this light and i'll just cut like cut across cut across and run and hopefully i can catch it um but there was many 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 days where i where i had to chase down the bus i believe because in the in the four hour morning oh my god that time i went to blanca's house to do the four hour morning (laughs) So part of it is you meditate, you journal, you drink water, you read. This is at like 5 a.m. And then at 5.50 a.m., you go for a run. So Blanca is like, hey, uh, 
do you work out? I'm like, ah, I'm okay. I'm like, I played soccer. Do you run? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I run. <laughs> the guy hadn't even finished asking the question. He was already down the block. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like chasing this guy. After like a minute, I gave up. And how long was that run? Like 11 minutes or something? Yeah, so I, just, I try to keep it short, 10 minutes, but it's fast. Te- 10 minutes and, and he goes, he does a 5K run in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's not 5K, he's, it, he's boosting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this guy is for real. Then we went to the gym and I couldn't walk for eight months. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, to each his own, I'm just going to do my own thing uh, in terms of the gym because... You can't just go zero to a hundred. And, and that's the thing that I learned a lot about you and Z and, and Carlito and the boys and Stir because you have to be consistent and you have to honor your journey, honor your intentions. Like Stir says, I, I, one of the biggest takeaways that I always share with people that you taught me is that I wanted to go to the gym or exercise regularly because, because it's a, it's a healthy thing to do and it's healthy for, for the mind. I didn't even go once a week at the beginning, you remember? Mm-hmm. And in fact, we met at the gym in 2015. Yeah. And uh, you told me that you thought of me like someone who just went to the gym and talked yeah, to were, me. Yeah, he, he was a joker. This guy, <laughs> I saw him, he would just come in there, they'd be hanging out, you know, do a little here, a little there. Camera comes on. Oh, okay, here we go, here we go. And you start, I don't know, you're doing flips. You were you were just having fun doing the workout, yeah. but you were, you were serious. If you want to work out... Yeah, At the was, end of the day, you can have fun doing it, but you gotta you gotta be kind of serious. Yeah, Carlito brought me to the gym, and it really helped me out. And just by training with people like you and and Carlito, who are super strong and consistent, it brought my my game to the next level. But going back to what I learned is that. At the beginning, I wanted to work four times a week, which was my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. At that time, I worked out zero times a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. one struggled, never consistent. And you told me, okay, let's go to the gym. So you go, you were like, this is what you're going to do. Go to the gym once a week for four weeks. And then when you get that, when you achieve that, you bump it up to two times a week for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then three times a week for four weeks and then four times a week for four weeks. And I got it. And it, it was very consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that happens with a lot of people. Like you want to, instead of going from like one to two, you want to go one to ten. Yeah. So it's it's you have to prove to yourself that you can do one. Once you prove to yourself you can do one, you have that confidence. You start believing in yourself. And then you go to two. Yes. You get more confidence, believe in yourself that you can do two because you've done it. And then three. And then from three, it's easy to go to four. Darren Hardy in, in The Compound Effect, which is a book you recommended to me initially because... Your growth coaches also recommend books to you. He also has an agenda that I use all the time, which is the Living Your Best Year Ever mm-hmm. journal, which which uh, helps to document and monitor your habits. But in the Compound Effect, which is the the, the two books come together, if you ordered on, on 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 Amazon or his website, it says that you can't really go from zero to a hundred overnight because, let's say that. If in your fitness journey from zero to a hundred, you're at, you're at a level 10, but you're like, no, man, I'm going to Cancun next month. So I'm going to work out super hard. I'm going to get a six pack and I'm going to look incredible for the videos and the pictures in the club. And guess what happens? You do it. You actually achieve it. You go, mm-hmm. you get the mm-hmm. six pack, you look incredible in Cancun. You come back and yeah, yeah, that's, that's where and you then get you hurt. Go back to zero. 
because it's not sustainable. And I think it's good you talk about that book and uh, and even the living your best year ever. The, yeah. That book, um, I remember when we first started, you'd got it and it was probably pretty pretty close to the beginning of the year yes and at the end of the year i, I asked you i'm like was that was that your best year ever and, and you, you said it was hands down hands down that book is helpful but having an accountability person mm-hmm. which you are to me and stir is to you for example because he's your coach is incredible because uh let's say you, you i told you that i was going to do something for next class mm-hmm. for next session and we have an understanding we shook on it and then i don't do it yeah. But if I don't have an account, I said I'm going to do this, but if I don't have an accountability partner, I just don't do it. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like I feel bad for 5 seconds and then that's it, you know? Yeah. But I'm not saying it's 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 all it's all it just comes down to the book. I'm saying you decided on this is what you want to yeah, do yeah, and yeah. then you used all the tools. For sure. Um, you got a coach, like all the things that you needed to do to 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 make it the best year of your life. But at the end of the day, this is what I always tell people about like growth coaching too because people are always worried about like I want to make the decision, this that whatever. Like all a growth coach does is just like it's even like a, a basketball coach like yeah. If you look at like LeBron James, he's probably the best player in the world in basketball, and he has he he has a shooting coach, he has uh, he has a, a fitness coach, yeah. he has his actual like coach, he has all the assistant coaches, coach, so he yeah. has so many people telling him what to do all the time. But at the end of the day, he's the one who's gonna make the decision, and he's the oh, one yeah. who's gonna who's gonna do everything. He's the one who has to do all the work that they're t- that they're telling him to do, and he's the one who gets the benefits and the glory and everything from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a combination of things, definitely. Another thing that we've talked about a lot is that in the book, it gives you categories for you to be able to get a self-assessment of your life. Mm-hmm. And those categories are the ones that I've used in my Kanban board, which is like business, personal development, uh, physical relationships, spiritual, financial, lifestyle, and family. And we talk a lot about these in, the, in these sessions. And I want to talk to you about your your childhood so you got a rwandan family mm-hmm. but you were born in london ontario the capital of the world yeah or as we like to call it londombia londombia that's what the, All that's, the what the, that's what the, the latino people call it also known as the forest city is <laughs> definitely way different than toronto because toronto is concrete jungle um, but you don't even really notice that until you you move here and you see like there's no trees and grass anywhere Yes, I've been there many times to do shows, and it looks like a nice place, you know. Um, so you were born in 1961. That is incredible. <laughs> and uh, you graduated high school in 2003. It took you 40 years, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So you you um, born and raised in London. You played basketball. You played football. I know that you've had uh, a pretty crazy journey after that. What was it like? What did you do right after high school? So during high school, I fucked myself over because all I cared about was sports. And I thought I was going to be, you know, I was going to be a basketball LBJ. player or something. Yeah, LeBron James, he's also 6'8". I'm 5'9". So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the older I got, the, the, the more my dreams started, started fading away. Um, and by the time I got to just the end of, end of high school, I'm like, all right, well... I think I'm just like I'm gonna play somewhere in somewhere in Canada, somewhere in Ontario. Like I'll just I'll just be happy. I'll be happy with that. Like it's it's this competition is is a lot harder and, and higher than I thought when I was when I was yeah. younger. But 
I never cared about school. I was like one of the worst students ever. I just, I would just, um, me, I was just, I was just trying to get by. That's yeah. it. So sports and basketball were the only thing that excited you? That's, 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 all, that's all I really cared about. Fitness was just, that's because I played sports. Did you care about or like reading? No. Uh, so TV. obviously nothing TV. about. TV. Just TV. TV? Just TV. What shows did you watch? When I was younger, everything. Just watch <laughs> everything. TV all the TV day. was always on. Anytime I was like, if I was sitting down, the TV was on and I was watching it. Did you play video games? All the time. What was your best game? My best game when I was younger? Yeah. Ah, man, I like the sports games. Like, so probably like 2K. 2K. I was nice at 2K. Did NBA, you ever play NBA NFL 2K. game day? NFL. I played all, I played all the games. I'm, I wasn't a specialist at any of those ones, but 2K? In my heyday, (laughs) you better watch out. (laughs) And um, one of the things that that I love about about you is that the guys that you went to or that you met at London, so Z, Paul, P, uh, Stir, or who who, who from the crew today. So all all those guys you just named, we all played basketball together. We were on the same team. Um, And who was the best one on the team? The best out of all of us? Probably Paul P. Oh, man. Paul P. Paul was good. And there's also Waldo, too. Waldo was younger, but when he was older, he was was probably the best one. Waldo? Waldo. You know Waldo? You know Waldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And and then um, I remember because you took the class, the the public speaking through comedy class of Malpensando, and, and Paul P. did, too. I remember you told me that when you first saw Paul P., he was so strong. Yeah, he was the same it... size he is now. <laughs> in like eighth grade. Like people then, when he was in eighth grade, people, people wanted to test him like before the game. Like, there's no way this guy is in the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And then, from, oh yeah, he has an, an Instagram profile, like his profile Instagram picture used to be him as a kid. Like, in his forehead, you can see the six-pack. Like, he's... And uh, one of the things that I admire about him is that he, he hasn't had alcohol for, like, the last five years or something. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Okay, so you did you did basketball. Nothing really yeah, so uh, motivated re- yeah, you. Yeah, so, so from... Because I all I cared about was basketball and I hated school, I ended up going to school. Like, uh, I went to a school called Algoma University College in Sault Ste. Marie, that's like, I was not happy there at all. But I went there to play basketball after a year. Like, I, I went, also, I took uh, accounting after, like, Mistake. this was terrible. So, that I remember, like, the first week I got there, I'm like, I'm going to, so it always happened to me in the beginning of school. I'm like, I'm going to do good. I'm going to work hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, like, I just pay attention and I'll be good. So, you know, first week comes, I try a little bit. The homework takes me forever. Second week, I'm like... This guy on my team, he was in the class. I'm like, man, let me let me just copy. Let me copy your stuff. He let me copy third week. He's like, man, you can't copy me every time. You're not going to learn it. I'm like, ah, whatever. I stopped doing my work. By then, like halfway through the year, I was like almost about to, to fail. But I'm like, I still want to play basketball. So somehow I got to play second semester. I'm like, okay, let me switch over to, to, to something else. I switched to like arts. A guy on my team, he's like, man, come in music class. <laughs> It's easy. I'm like, all right, let me take music class. Sounds like it's easy. I went into music class. It was not easy at all. It was like there was a there was a con- conductor or whatever. Like the teacher was there and he was just teaching the history of music. And it was just, I'm like, this is even harder than accounting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't even make it through the whole basketball season. I think I made it till like right till the end. Um, and I just realized, all right, well, my, my, my dream of playing basketball is pretty much done. Uh, school is not for me. 
Um, and I, I even stayed like in le- the last two months. I should have just packed my bags and gone home, but I didn't want to be, you know, a failure, dropout, whatever, even though I was. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I packed my bags at, or well, at, when school ended, I went home and, and, and from there, I, I just started working at a, at a tire warehouse. And then whenever you talk about the rigs in the Continual Growth Podcast, I get so excited <laughs> because I don't think I would even pass the interview. Like, they wouldn't need... I don't, oh, yeah, yeah. The interviews. It, you have to do a physical test for the interview. Yeah, I wouldn't even go past <laughs> through HR. I don't even know if there's an HR lot. And I've, you sent me a video once, and it looks like one of the hardest jobs in the world. It's, it's not easy. Is it... I think it got... It's ranked. Like, it's, one of the da- most yeah, dangerous. It's, it's top, top five, top ten most dangerous jobs in the world. I had a couple close calls. You definitely, definitely, like... You got to be careful. Okay, I'm going to um, interrupt you right now because it happened to me. As you, when you mentioned the rigs the first time, as a Latino immigrant, I was googling it as as you said it. So I know a lot of my Mexican brothers and Latino friends here are, don't even know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So can you explain what rigs are? Okay, so it's an oil rig, a drilling rig. Um, they have them all over the world. In Canada, they're mostly in Alberta, um, BC. Um, but basically what it is, it's, it's, you, you're drilling a hole. You're drilling a, that's the goal of every, every time you're drilling a hole, you're drilling 4,000 meters down. My Latinos down. are like, ah, I like to drill holes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to drill holes. That's not that hard. So, so basically what you got to do is you got to put these massive pipes into the ground. You fill them with like, um, with like mud and this chemical that's called invert. And I had no clue how bad this chemical is for you. You get paid $40 a day just for working with this chemical 40 dollars a day that's just that's that, not that, that much hold on that's just that's uh, there's all the other pay as well but you also get 40 dollars oh. a day every day just because you're working with this chemical and what they say is like because it's going to destroy your clothes you can use that to get new clothes wow so it's it's a very very dirty job like there's there's probably no job as dirty as this like you get dirty every day all day you're getting dirty and, and it's and it's very physical. You were there from 2009 to 2014, almost like on and off. You said, yeah. What was the the hardest job? I mean, what was the hardest part? Like, what was the worst day at the rings? The worst day. Oh my god. Okay. The worst day is called tripping. So the first <laughs> the first part of, of about this is when you find out like someone. It starts at the at the like the top bosses and it trickles down and yeah. I was like one of the one of the lower guys because I was newer. So when you find out, hey, we're tripping today, get ready. That's that's when it starts right there. You're like, oh my god. And when you're tripping, that's basically like you're basically working out all day, getting dirty and wet, and you have old white guys just yelling at you the whole entire time. And it's just like the more wet you get, the angrier everybody gets, and it's just, it's uh, and it's loud, and it's just, it's it's not it's not a fun job for sure. And the worst part is like you know there, there there's a comes a time where it's like the sun starts coming down, and you're like yes, like we're gonna be done soon. You see the other crew pull up because the rig never stops, twenty four hours. So you oh work twelve God. hours at seven p.m. The other crew comes and changes you out. So the other crew comes, they take your place. And then you go back home and then you dream about it. You don't go back home. You go back to the camp. So at the camp is like, 
it's it's just you and your crew six people and like whoever works there the chefs and the, the people who just make sure everything stays clean you go back and you're so tired you take a shower you eat you go to sleep and then you dream about it and it's not dreams it's nightmares oh, so you have nightmares God. about it and then you wake up and you're because you use your hands the whole day and your hands is like cramping the whole entire time and then you go to the, you drive to work and the drive is like terrible. You're like, oh my God, I hope they're done. I hope they're done. And when you get there, you can see like, you can see if they're, you can just, you can see how many pipes they pulled out or put back in and you can kind of tell where they're at. And if you see something and you're like, oh man, we're going to be doing it again today. It's back, back to that worst place ever. You're like, this is going to be a terrible day. The only thing I can compare that to mentally, <laughs> I think it's my fraternity initiation. Yeah, I heard those are tough. Those are tough too, and you're like, oh my god, they're gonna come back. When is this gonna end? Blah, blah, blah. But you know it ends. Yeah. But at the rigs, you know that. I mean, you're, it's your job, so you're there weeks on end, months. What was the largest? What was the longest period that you were there? Thirty-five days straight, oh twelve god. hours every day. I no did it. Way. I did it twice. So usually you just do two days, like uh, two two weeks at a time. So you go two weeks on, one week off. And uh, yeah, one time, it was in the winter time, I did 35 days straight, I did it twice, I did some four-weekers, some three-weekers, but the 35-day ones, those ones are terrible, because you start with your crew, and then, you know, you get to see a crew go home, and then you're there for two weeks, and then your crew is like, alright, peace out, we're gonna go have fun on our time off, and you're like, alright, I'll just be here working. Do you have an option, or are you... No, no, usually you choose it, so this is, you know, you like, no, no one forced me to do this, yeah. Oh. And then, you know, your crew comes back and you're like, wow, it's like I've been already here for 21 days. And now it's like I'm just starting after a, after like uh, after a week off. It's like you're just starting again. And then you have another 14 days. But it's uh, I, I, I heard from you that a lot of people just quit or get fired. Oh, like, yeah. In no very, time. very high turnover. Very high turnover. So first of all, when you get there. They're gonna, they're gonna ride you. Like they're gonna be, they're gonna ride. They're gonna be on you. Like these are like, cause you're with your crew like all day, every day. And even a lot of these guys, even on their days time off, they're gonna hang out together. So they're already tight. And they're like, and you're new. And you're new. And they're like, and yo, you're not white. Yeah, and you're not white. So they're like, you're either you're fucking with us or like you get get the hell out of here. And they call it running you off. So they're they're gonna run you off. So and even like one of my friends, he did it before. So. He, he told me about it. He's like, yo, you can't play around. Like, you, you have to, like, work, like, so, so hard. So, for me, I would just come and I would just put my head down and I would just grind so hard because they don't need a reason. They can just fire you any any time. What made you stay? I mean, it's one of the hardest jobs. You had already made some money, presumably, at the beginning. What I mean, you had London as an option. You had Toronto as an option because some of your friends were here. You could go to Vancouver or, or to the city. Dude, you have to have like a mental toughness or a chip on your shoulder or something to stay at one of the hardest, most dangerous jobs in the in the world. Yeah, so in the beginning, in the beginning for me, I said I did it on and off, right? So in the beginning for me, it was just, I was all about the money. So in the beginning, like, yo, I was weak. I was, I was soft. There's so many things I look back at. I'm like, <laughs> damn, man, I was so like, I was so like soft. Like mentally or physically? 
Both. But it, it, at the end, it really comes down to mentally. Because your mental is what's going to determine yeah. your, your, your physical. So, yeah, in the beginning, I was like, I was so weak. I was soft, everything. And it was just all about the money. I'm just like, oh, my God. This this hour, I'm getting paid this much. It's, like, I was just counting the hours, like, all the time. And um, and then I, I did it. I made some money. I stopped, right? And I went back home, and I was chilling. I told you, I was a guy that I know how to chill. <laughs> if you want to know someone that knows how to chill, I know how to chill, okay? So I'd go home. I would chill. And I had, like, a lot. I banked a lot of money because when you're there, you don't spend anything. They give you somewhere to stay. What do you what? do for fun? Sleep. Sleep. Oh, you're good at sleeping too. Yeah, eh? so you get you have you you work for twelve hours. You travel for like an hour. You have to eat, and then you have like maybe two three hours where you're gonna call people. But when I I told you I was weak when I first started, so I needed to sleep. <laughs> so I would sleep, and then um, just yeah later later on there came a time where I, this was when I was even about to move to Toronto. And at this time, I, I had been there for probably like three, four years. I was starting, I was getting a lot stronger physically, stronger mentally. I understood the job. Um, and at that time, that was when I was like, they asked me to stay. And I was like, nah, man, I want to go to Toronto. But I'm like, you know what? Like so many times I've, I've left and I had to go back. This time I'm going to stay for like another extra year. I stayed a year longer than I planned. What? And I just, I banked. And then I, when I, I remember when I got to Toronto and I have this a rig bag. So like a rig bag is like, you got your boots in there. You got like all yeah. the stuff that you need. This is like at least a thousand dollars because you have to get good stuff. Otherwise you're just, yeah. you're going to get dominated. It happened to me when I first started. <laughs> but anyways, I remember I put this bag down and that was, that was like my safety net, right? I put the bag down and I'm like, I hope I'm like, my goal is to never have to use this bag again. That was my goal. And a year later, I moved out of there and I think I left it in the locker and I was just like, forget, forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I, never I, going back. I, I never, I never looked back since then. That is incredible. At the beginning of the, of the pandemic, the George Floyd thing happened, which is obviously extremely sad and, and in continual growth, you and Stir did a podcast mm -hmm. episode or two where you spoke up about many things that you guys hadn't talked about. And there was something that struck me. And I, I shared that episode with a bunch of people because when you come to Canada, at least my experience, even as an immigrant in Toronto, very diverse, multicultural, I have maybe rarely experienced racism, maybe not to my face. But when I heard the story about you and the rigs and that song, I was shocked. Could you share it? Yeah. So, so one thing. So in Toronto, Canada, yeah, Canada as a whole is whatever. But Toronto is very, very multicultural. And I feel like as you start to know more different, like if 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 I'm black and I know Latino people and I'm around Latino people all the time, I can't be racist to them because I start like you start knowing them. You start realizing yeah. like we're the same. Yeah, we have differences. We have things that are different about us. But at the end of the day, we're the same. So now you go to the rigs, right? And this is like the majority of them is just white guys who's from like a really small town and they just know other white guys and they love hunting. Like they hunt and they drink and they chew tobacco and they and they and they get the money on the rigs and they have big ass trucks. That's like that's, that's like a, a definition or a, a stereotype of like a, a rig pig. The whole time I was there, I don't, I, I don't, you rarely ever see a black person. You rarely see people of color. Anytime like a trucker would come in and, and, and I'll see a black guy, be like, oh my, my man, what's up? Like you're always waiting to him. He's gonna say what up yeah. back because it's so it's so rare to find someone someone of, of color out there. When I first came to UFT, there were no 
barely any Latinos. I, if I heard Spanish, I mm-hmm. would just run, hug, and kiss whoever it was, <laughs> man. It was, it was, yeah, you just want to see some of your people. Anyone who spoke Spanish was my brother or sister. Yeah, just because it's like, it's, it's, it's different to, to relate. Like, yeah. so you learn how, how they operate, but they don't really know how, like, how you yeah. and, and, and your people operate, right? Like you're working with these guys for 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 a long time, and even just just getting in, just getting in the door, you're like, all right, I have to like, I have to make sure I'm I'm on point with everything because just being black and just being like the way I am, I already have like, there's already a reason to like get this guy out of here. He's not the same as us. Yeah. So that was one of my biggest motivations to just to to, to work extra hard. I, you know, at the end of the day, you're around these guys all the time. Yeah. They start learning about you, start learning about them. You become cool with each other. And, um, and this guy, I'm going to tell the story about, like, I think I was the second black person he'd ever met. He grew up in a town of, uh, there was one person who was, he was half black. Like his, his, his mom was black and his dad was white, something like that. I feel really sorry for him after, like, finding out about just, like, everything that's, like, he just tells me stuff in, in, in yeah. the town and whatnot. Uh, there was one day where we had to, me and someone, we had to choose like who gets the donut, who gets the last donut or something like that. And, uh, me, I'm like, all right, let's go. Okay. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Boom. I get the, to- I get the donut. Thanks. You know, and I- I'm happy. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And then I see the guy like kind of peer- peering over my shoulder, like looking at me with like a smile and whatnot. I'm like, what are you looking at, man? <laughs> He's like, that's not how we sing it. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, that's not how we sing it. And and I'm like, what what are you what are you talking about? That's the song. That's yeah, I'm like, that's that's the song. He's like, no, no, I've never heard that version before. I'm like, so like what what's different? He's like, it's like that, but we don't say tiger. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I realized like instead of saying catch a tiger by the toe, they say catch a nigger by the toe. Oh my god. And that's like that's their life. He's 40. This guy was 40 at the time. So I'm like, you've been doing that all your life. That means all your friends probably do the In exact their same childhood, thing. That's they... it. When you're away from your when you're a kid, that's how you decide like who gets something. Catch a nigger by oh the toe. Oh my god! Yeah. I personally don't think that people are born evil or born racist, but you listen to it from your parents or from your grandparents and from the community, and you fucking sing the song like that. It is fucking incredible. Did you feel like? By them hanging out with you, they they were like more cool with it. Did you notice any oh, change? Oh, for sure, or? for sure. You can tell like they as they start to get to to know me. Like I told you, like you start realizing like everybody's the same. Yeah, we have differences and we do things differently. But at the end of the day, like at the root of everything, we're all the we're same. All the same. Yeah. And so you spent five to six years in the rigs on and off. Yeah, like five five years on and off. The last the last time I went, it was like probably two years, two years straight. That was, but that one was like, it was the best rig I've been on, you know, the best guys is just, it was, it was, it was good. And I was like, I was moving up at this time. So I had an easier job. I didn't get so dirty. And then, and then what, what do you think was the biggest takeaway from you at the, at the rigs? Obviously maybe discipline. One of the things that you've told me, what is it? That growth comes through, through pain or, or pain builds discipline or what was it? Pain, pain is pain builds, builds strength for sure. Pain builds strength. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say for sure the biggest thing I learned from it is 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 discipline and work work ethic for sure. Like 
there's nothing there's no you no one works harder than like rick guys the one thing i can give him for sure is like <laughs> you work you work hard like hard 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 work like you learn how to work hard and it's 12 hours a day and you're on your feet like you're moving like i can never there's never a day where i complain can complain and be like oh my god that day was so hard that day was so long because like I've done 12 hours every single day. Like now, oh. and you don't get to see like you don't get to see your family, you don't get to see your friends. Like you 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 don't do anything except for just work. Like so if I have to work 12 hours now, at least at the end of the day, you know, I can I I get to go home to my own bed. Yeah. Um I can like I have I have friends who are I have friends who are close. I can get arepas. <laughs> I can like you you you're in civilization still when you're out there you're like you're 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 in the wilderness you're in the middle of nowhere like you go to like the smallest city ever that has like a pub three thousand people yeah maybe a pub and then you drive one hour from there and and that's where that's where the the rig is it's it's they they just they take a forest they cut down a bunch of trees and then everything is just set up on generators what do you mean generators? Generators, like there's no like the you electricity is like the electricity <laughs> is like built. It's 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 built there. So you're like in like there's there's no like there's you know how like electric wires come to the yeah. house. We don't have that. Everything is like goes off of generators. So you get there's like gas and there's like um there's okay. like there's machines that create the power. Wow. You're like you're it's it's portable. Every you move all the time too, so everything is portable. You can tell uh, I wouldn't survive there for half a day. <laughs> yeah, most people, most people would not survive. Honestly, I don't know how I survived. I just really wanted it. I think you adapt. But yeah. uh, yeah, it's very, very, very high turnover. I've seen a lot of people come and go. You get fired like that. So before before Blanca goes to the rigs, not every, not not a lot of things motivated you. Maybe fitness, basketball, a little bit. You go to the rigs. You learn a lot of discipline. You learn how to be by yourself you overcome one of the biggest challenges of your life which is one of the hardest jobs in the world and most dangerous and then you come back to Toronto that's where I met you around 2015 at the gym mm. and then around that time in 2017 you start continual growth Mm-hmm. But what, I, my bad to cut you off. But yeah, one yeah. thing that I really got out of what you just said is you learn how to be by yourself. I never really realized that until like until you just said it. But every time you know you go there, you have to travel, like fly on yeah. the plane. You go there. Everything you're doing is is by yourself. And I never I never realized that until now. It's it's incredible what that does. I don't think I ever realized it. But as you know, well, my parents were got divorced when I was six, so I lived with my mom or with my dad, but they were in different countries. So I had to travel a lot, be by myself on airplanes, be by myself. uh, Then I went to live to El Salvador, then to Mexico. And then at age 15, I went to boarding school. I was by myself. I mean, I had a great life. I had a lot of friends. I was getting a great education, but I still by myself, not with my family, not with my friends from back home. And I had to travel a lot, change environments a lot. And then when university hit uh, in, at U of T by my, in 2006, that's where I realized that I had an advantage mm-hmm. from all the other people because yeah. the majority of, of the people who I was in residence with or first year, they got crazy their first year like, ah, Frida, <laughs> I can do drugs, I can alcohol, I can jack off all day. And they got in, oh, man, I don't know how many people dropped out, like failed so many courses. People who had killed it in high school mm-hmm. because, well, for many reasons, but mainly because you live at home, somebody cooks your food, your laundry. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm not saying at boarding school I still got that, but I, I, I had been by myself for many years already. And to me, having that sort of freedom or being by myself wasn't anything new. So I, I had already built that discipline that I needed to never fail a course in university and graduate in four years, which so many of the people who started with me didn't. So I think that that is uh, super important to learn how to be by yourself because having that self-awareness of how you react in different environments is is key. And I think that's where you, there was a point of inflection for you. See how I'm using very complicated terms so people yeah, yeah. hearing this I think, see, oh my I God, see, this guy's very intelligent. It's not the entire podcast. Oh my God, this guy <laughs> must have a PhD in podcasting <laughs> with, with those words. And then you start continual growth in 2017. And I remember... I think Z mentioned it in an episode or you that you'd you'd worked on yourself over a couple of years in many ways. You had taught yourself how to play the piano, swimming, uh, you were learning French, you were just doing so meditating, journaling, you you read really slow before and then you learned how to read faster. And then because you were killing it in so many ways, trying these things by yourself. Then you got together with Stir, Carlito, Z, and your team, and you were like, why don't we share these things and this journey with others? So how did Continual Growth start? Yeah, so I mean, it started, we started working on ourselves. Like there was, there was a bunch of us, and we're, well, me, Z, yeah. Carlito, Stir, everything you just said, we were working on ourselves. And there came a time where it was just like, you know what, like, we need to, we need to share this with, with other people. If we're just keeping this to ourselves, you know, that's, that's, that's selfish. And, um, and we had tools that we were, that we were using. Um, but there was no, like, we didn't have the boards yet. I remember Z is actually the one who, who named it. We were talking one time and, uh. He went on a rant. And no, like no, Z no. He was, he was just, he was listening. He's listening. He's like, so, so like, what is it? And we're just, we're, we're talking about it, talking about it. And he's like, so it's, uh, continual, growth continual growth and i'm like continual growth that's that's sick and then we went and we looked it up tell me z said said sick bro oh for sure for sure (laughs) (laughs) so we looked it up and we saw like okay the continual growth it's the name is not taken then we created we created we're like okay let's let's start it um we started the podcast um, I remember we, we, to, just to make the, the, the symbol, the symbol, this is all goes to like Carlito right here. So, so we're Design. telling him, we're telling him what it is. And I remember he brought the first one to us, the first, uh, symbol. And I'm like, ah, I don't like it. Z didn't like it either. And then he brought another one to us. So like, ah, this, this one's even worse than the last one. <laughs> and then it was crazy. Those are like maybe like fours. And then he came with like the, the continual growth logo it's an we have now. Logo. 15 out of 10 i give it a 15 out of 10 i'm like how did you like how did you do that carlito this guy is the king of design i tell him anything he touches it it turns to gold he's the king Um, midas of design king midas i don't even know what that means but let's run with it everything he touches turns to gold okay king midas that's what it is then he's the king (laughs) midas of design (laughs) i remember the first time carlito came to me with the board and i was like so the, the the board for for those people listening is a 21s board where you pick something to accomplish and you're going to do it for 21 straight days, which is what makes a habit. Yeah, my bad. Let me let me interrupt you here. So basically, um, there was there was different things that I had done throughout my life, like yeah. for a long period of time. One of them was like push ups. I was just like every day I'm going to do like 
50 push-ups and I did that for a really long time. There was, I used to drink. I used to be partier, like party, partier. There was one year, January 1st came and I said, you know what? I'm only gonna go out and drink one night in the week. That's the maximum that I can do. And everybody's like, what? One night in a week? That's, that's, that's not even what's so special about that. But this is the small steps that yeah, I told yeah, you about. Yeah. And I said, I'm gonna do this until June because I love the summertime. Turn up in the summer. <laughs> So I said, I'm going to do this until the summertime. You know, I, I, I stuck with it. And then there were a hard time came where it was like, I think it was my birthday or something. I went out on Friday and then Saturday came and you know, the boys were like, all right, Saturday is here. We didn't go out yesterday. Blanca, we need you. Like we're going out. And I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not in. And they're like, what do you mean you're not in? You never, you, you're in. Come on, it's Saturday. You have to come. And I'm like, nope, I'm not coming. And that was like the, that was the tipping point. That was the, once I did that, it was easy to make it to June, and from June I stuck with it, and now I don't turn up so much anymore. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's huge because once you have clear goals, it's super easy to say no. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't fall within your goals, then it's a hard no. It's 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 easy, yeah. and and maybe you can have a goal of of having fun with my friends three times a week, and mm-hmm. maybe then it, then you say yes. But if you come with me and you're like, hey, man, let's go do a scuba diving course in Belize. And I'm like, well, dude, no, no, because I have other priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if maybe meeting a new place, like uh, visiting a new place every year is one of my goals, then yeah, maybe that falls. But the thing is, we forget what we really want because we don't write it down. Mm-hmm. So once you've made the decision of what you actually want and you write it down and you have the goals, it's easier to say no. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then, and then even coming, coming back to the 21 system, those were like, those were just like preliminary things. So yeah. I was listening, I started listening to ET. So there came a time. Who is ET? Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. If you don't know about him, <laughs> find out about him. He says, he says, you probably heard him and he says, like, when you want to breathe as bad as you want to succeed, then you'll be, or no, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. It's like, a lot of people he's have heard great. it he's very motivational um but i started listening to him like every day and this was when i was like i want more from my life i started listening to him and he's like you got to do all these things you got to be hungrier you got to put in more work and uh and then he talked about 21 days and he's like if you do something for 21 days it's going to become a habit and i thought about it i'm like okay what if i did what if i created 10 new habits in my life i i started naming them out just like reading meditating um, journaling, learning piano. One of the biggest ones French, was, was, was speaking. speaking. Speaking was one of the biggest ones. Um, and I said, okay, let me, I'll, I'll commit to this. And I had already had the discipline and whatever. I said, I'll commit to this. So the first thing I started with was meditation because I couldn't focus. Didn't uh, you go like 1,500 days straight of meditation? I went almost to, I almost got a thousand. I think I was at like 980 or something like that. And I, and I missed a day. But that was, that was the first, that, that was the 21, that 21 carried on for like the first three weeks. I kept fucking up every time. Like I wasn't good in the beginning, but I made it. And, uh, and then once I got to the 21 days, I kept going and I did almost a thousand days. And that was, that was the, that was the, 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 the base of the, of the 21 system. And then it became like, okay, reading. And then I started reading all these books because I would just read like 30 minutes a day and it, it, it compounds, compound effect. Oh, you told me too. It turns into so much. That in your workouts, you, you recommended that I should read 
when I'm working out through audiobooks. Yeah, we listen to podcasts. So a lot of times, you know, like we listen to music and we just listen to music just because, oh, yeah. we have time to listen to music. Uh, I mean, some people need music to work out if it's if it's really like... But for me, I'm just like, I'm going to the gym. Like, I, I'm going to take care of my body. I've been doing this for, for a long time. It's So I'm like, I don't need to, to listen to music. I can listen to something that's going to help me. Because um, I told you, like, I was terrible in school, so I didn't have the skills. Yeah. I didn't have the skills. That was the biggest thing was I needed to get the skills to be able to help me in life so I didn't have to go back to the rigs. I love that. And then, basically, did continual growth. You continue to coach people. And then in 2018, this is a fun fact and a true fact, by the way, Blanca finished all his realtor exams in, like, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> 19 realtor exams in four hours broke the record. No, but you did. You broke. You you did like your your all your realtor exams before it became like a serious study, like a program. Like you had to go to school for it. Yeah. So before you 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 could just you sign it. There's five exams you have to do. Um, you have like two years to do the whole thing. But you can also do it as fast as you want. And I, I did it fast. I said, I said, turbo, let's go. Like your I 6 a.m. run. Like my 6 a.m. run. I turned it on. I think I finished all five exams within like two. It was within 75 days. So less what? than less than three months. I counted at the end. I studied 71 out of 75 days. Um, I, was, I just really wanted it. I really wanted it. And, and, and I wanted to move fast on it and, and get started. And, and, and that's what happened. I worked with my coach, Coach Stir. We put a study program together. I had to go different places. I had to go to London to do tests. I had to go somewhere else to what? do tests because you, you have to book and there's only like certain tests at certain times. But I was like... I'm... One of the tests was only available in Mongolia. You flew there, <laughs> did it, came back. Dude, what, a, what an incredible journey because I think it's, it's specific moments. There's, there's a part of us that shifts slowly but i think there's specific moments that no to the boys to go drinking uh maybe there was a couple of points in in your rigs uh journey oh there was days i wanted to quit many 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 cold that's where it always came down to you're wet and you're cold that was that was that was the roughest time but those are the days where you're like why am i doing this should i be here I still have seven more hours in this shift. I've been here for like five hours. I'm dead already. I'm starving. I want food. I want water. And you're just thinking about quitting, but you're just like, let me just make it to the end of the day. Did you ever imagine that after not doing well in high school, like dropping out of college, oh, you even went to firefighter school for a year, then, then didn't follow through with it. Then you you uh, did the gym. You did continual growth. You passed your real estate exams in seventy one days. Did you ever imagine that throughout all of this that you would be invited to the Stefan Dyer podcast? <laughs> never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> oh man, what a legend, Blanca! I'm gonna I'm gonna close off this unbreakable, unmistakable interview with. The champagne question, which is a tradition in my life. If we were to meet a year from now with a bottle of champagne, what are we celebrating in Blanca's life? It's good you added Blanca's life, because last time you asked me that question, I said we're gonna be celebrating. We're gonna be celebrating, celebrating baby uh, Liam. Baby, baby Liam. Yes. <laughs> and now he's here screaming his lungs out. Yeah. So no, celebrating in in Blanca's life. A year from now, I mean. 
at the end of the day, before back, I used to be very, very like influenced by money, material, things like that. Um, but now it's, 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 I want enjoyment and I want love. Those are the two biggest things that, that I want from my life. Um, so I really just look to strengthen my relationships with, with friends, with family. Um, so, so a year from now, we'd be, we'd be celebrating with the, with a bottle of champagne, um, just having a better, better relationship with my family. I love it. Thank you. Buanca, the main man. Always a pleasure, brother. Okay, thanks so much for having me on the show. Bless up. Bless up. Gracias por escuchar el Stefan Dyer podcast. Arrivederci, my people.